Welcome to the 5-7 Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Pree, and today I am starting uh, something a little different. I am going to be interviewing one of uh, one of my listeners. His name is Alex Tissot, and I'll give him an uh, opportunity to, uh, to introduce himself. And Alex, how's it going, man? It's going great, man. Glad to be here. You, Thanks for inviting Where are you located at? I'm in uh, Los Angeles, California. Oh, how long have you been there? I've been here most of my life, man. Okay. Okay. So why don't you, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Well, uh, shoot. <laughs> Nobody's never asked me that before. Man. It's kind of a, it's kind of a <laughs> trick question, you know, and it's like, it's like, uh, it's kind of funny because I think it's interesting because when you, when you ask somebody, Hey, tell me something about yourself. Like me personally, it's like, I, how do I get on my high horse and, and talk about myself? Do you know what I mean? Like other people, they can do it pretty easily, but I'm, I, I, I usually try to stay, a, you know, be a pretty humble guy, you know? So, uh, you can go ahead and you can go ahead and, and, and build yourself up if you like. All right. All right. Well, my name's Alex. I was, uh, I was born in France. I came here when I was about 10 years old. Um, and then I've been living the California dream ever since I spent four years in the Marine Corps. I was field artillery. And uh, as a hobby now, I collect pocket knives. I like to shoot guns. And uh, I like to listen to the 57 podcasts. Thanks, man. So how would you say is the climate? Is it comparable from from Los Angeles to France? Oh, well, that's funny, man. So uh, I come from a town or an area in France where most people might not realize, but it snows six months out of the year. Okay. And uh, it's extreme cold climate, uh, probably similar to like Chicago and during the winter, uh, but six months out of the year. So, um, but everything's very green and very lush. The air is very thick uh, and you're at sea level. So when I first landed on a plane as a kid, I still remember like today, uh, I, I land in Los Angeles, you know, kind of inland and it's kind of like this. It's almost like a desert kind of like environment when you start getting east a little bit and I couldn't even breathe, man. It was, <laughs> it was so hot. So, and then even better yet, I didn't even have any idea what earthquakes were. And then, you know, six months after I land, I experienced my first earthquake. I'm like, what in the hell is that? Wow. So interesting place, you know, California. So where does, uh, so you were in the Marines for four years. Where did you do, where do you do your, the field art, like your AIT, where do you do that at? So, uh, field artillery, uh, for those that don't know, I mean, it's a little different now because you can be operated with like two people. Uh, there's a rocket assisted propelled, but we were old school. We were the, uh, 155 millimeter howitzers and to shoot those, you need a lot of space. So typically, I spent my time in Camp Pendleton, um, and uh, we would train also in 29 Palms, which is a huge desert of nothing. Um, and we'd also train in, every once in a while, we'd go out of state. Uh, but mostly Pendleton and 29 Palms was where I would go shooting. I served with a field artillery unit. We're in the Army. There are 13 Bravos, and it was the same deal. They, they needed a ton of space to fire off those howitzers. Oh yeah. So, um, so why don't you tell me about your YouTube page? What exactly, like, what what are you doing with your YouTube page? Oh yeah. So I have a, a YouTube channel. It's called Alex's Knife Box. Uh, I'm a knife collector, and um, anything from cheap to expensive uh, custom knives. 
And I just kind of, I hate to call myself a reviewer because I'm nowhere near an expert, but I just basically showcase knives. I talk about them and uh, go from the blade to the, um, to the handle and the scales and kind of point out some things that maybe somebody who might be shopping for a pocket knife might be looking into and uh, just different features you can find on pocket knives. So just a pocket knife junkie kind of thing. What would you... I know this is a pretty broad question, but what is the difference between a, a good knife and a really bad knife? You know, so this this would have been a better question maybe 10 years ago. Uh, 10 years ago, you would have had an, uh, the steel options and the way knives were built. There was more of a wider gap between a, a good knife and a bad knife. Uh, it's gotten really popular since the, I want to say, uh, late like 2010 it started kind of kicking off and now there's this whole knife community and uh so like you know blade steel is one thing there's it's it's like skittles there's tons of flavors of blades there's blades that are really hard and can take a good impact and keep a nice edge uh there's but then if you strike them too hard they'll shatter and then there's other knives that are softer steel and they'll they'll be less likely to shatter, but then the edge doesn't hold as long. There's knives that um, are very corrosion resistant. There's knives that are very flexible, like you could use as a pry bar. So uh, there's kind of a different niche for any kind of thing you really need. So when people ask me what kind of knife they should purchase, if you're somebody who just wants to have a nice pocket knife, um, you know, it, it depends what you do with it. But uh, I always tell people, try to spend around 100 bucks. And for a lot of people, that sounds crazy. You know, it's really funny because, you know, the, a knife can be used like so many different ways. Like, for instance, say uh, I do IT for a living. So we have sometimes we have boxes come in and yep. these boxes are normally they're thicker than your average box, you know. So getting a, a box cutter, you know, it's just not enough. You need something a little bit more. You know, so uh, like I, I carry a Benchmade Cosbo and I use that bad boy and it cuts right through it. And yeah. but, you know, someone asked like, hey, what did you spend on that? I'm like, yeah, I spent one hundred and sixty bucks. Like, how do you spend one hundred and sixty dollars on a knife? You know, and it's like, yeah. but I'm like, but, you know, 20 minutes ago, I saw this guy hacking away with a with a with a you know, a box cutter and like my knife just cut like right through it, you know, and I'm like, that's the difference, you know. And I think it kind of maybe goes into maybe the politics of today's day and age where they're like, oh, you have a knife. What do you need that for? You know, do you think that people do you think that people in general look at maybe individuals who carry knives, maybe look down on them a little bit? So this is a very, very interesting thing you brought up. Um, so like, for example, myself, I've been a collector for a long time. I work at a car dealership. I'm a service advisor, I work with broken cars. And since all my coworkers know me already, they already know I have either like something ridiculous in my pocket or very flashy now, you know, and so around my workplace, it's not really a big deal. I've already desensitized and pulled a knife on everybody. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there is this stigma that they think that when you look at a knife, there will be those people that will look at it. It's either a tool or it's a weapon, you know, and I'll be truthful. They're, they're kind of both. Uh, but, you know, uh, you know, when people try to get all 
kind of into that whole weapon subject, it's if you really want my truth uh, on the subject, I mean, a knife as a weapon, it's pretty. It's a pretty stupid weapon to have because if you're fighting somebody else with a knife, you're both gonna get cut, you're both gonna get hurt, and you're both gonna lose. Yeah. So it's, so it's not like a Steven Seagal movie, you know. Like in Under not Siege when he's fighting, uh, what's his name, Tommy Lee Jones, and they've got their little knife fight going on. Oh, yeah. Or like, you know, yeah. you remember that movie, Hunted? Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> with uh, with Benicio Del Toro? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, uh, when he th- uh, didn't he throw like a knife, like practically through like a tree? Exactly. <laughs> Actually, uh, so that, that particular knife has its own history with... Um, a very famous outdoors guy named Tom Brown. And uh, they use that, they call it a tracker pattern. And they made that very, very elegant in that movie. And it's funny because when that movie came out, all of a sudden everybody wanted a tracker knife. Uh, Unfortunately, I bought one too. (laughs) It's a great knife, but it's not really useful for outdoors. I I looked them up, man. I almost bought one myself. (laughs) Yeah. They look really cool. Yeah, they do. Do they have any uh, utility? Like, I mean, obviously, I've seen them try to use it to, you know, to cut to cut wood and 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 do various different different things. Is there really a lot of utility to those types of knives? So, so some of those knives, like I'll, I'll use this Tom Brown tracker, and you know, listeners can look it up online if you want to see what it looks like. Uh, but the the knife is a very like large profile. It's got a saw kind of back to it up at the top of the spine, and it's got this really crazy dual grind uh, that's supposed to be really strong and able to. So I, I I have you know I like to do a little bit of outdoor stuff, and I've carried that knife and tried to split wood with it before. It's freaking useless. It's too thick. It doesn't bite into anything. You can't baton with it so for an outdoors knife which is what it was intended for it's it's pretty much useless okay there is much better uh knives out there for that but there are people who have refined that knife different companies thinned it out made it a little bit more useful but all in all it's just a gimmick man what would you consider uh, a good beginner knife? Maybe give like two different models that you would, or maybe three models that you would say, this is good for maybe this type of person. This is good for, you know, a different type of person. What would you recommend? Well, so like if you're an outdoors person uh, and you like to, you want to have just a nice, good size pocket knife on you. Uh, first of all, don't buy a, a folding knife. A folding knife for outdoors purposes, in my unprofessional opinion is kind of useless get a fixed blade you know um, if you want to split wood baton with it uh, start fires and kind of uh, make shavings to do all that stuff a uh, good company that I really recommend that's quite affordable is Mark River Knives they're I believe out of Michigan and um, Bark River is ran by a guy named Mike Stewart, and uh, they use great steels. You can find any kind of material handle you want to, you know, kind of fit your aesthetics pleasing, I guess you could say, um, from antler bone to like classic wood handles to all kinds of stuff. And uh, you're gonna spend a couple hundred bucks, but you're gonna have a knife that can literally last a lifetime. If you're in office setting, I would say go out and buy yourself. You know, you got a Benchmade. Benchmade's a great knife. 
there's uh, Spiderco is another really popular company. Um, I kind of, for what I, I've gotten into, they're more of an entry level point for me. I've gotten to the custom knives. I've ordered stuff from Russia. I order stuff from different parts of the world, and um, and that's more of a collecting forte. But if you get a good Spiderco, like a good model, like the Paramilitary Two, you know, it's just a great knife. You can pull it out, flip it open with one hand, close it with one hand, slide it in your pocket, and forget about it, which is cool. Cool, man. So, do you? Uh, what do you like to shoot? Because I know you like to shoot guns. Oh yeah, so um, I, I'm a Glock guy. I'm gonna tell you right now. I love a good Glock 17. Is what I have. Uh, it does have a red dot on it. Uh, put a Zev slide. I I like a good Glock because it's a good self-defense gun. It's very lightweight. Um, it does have a little more recoil than like a full metal frame gun. But, I mean, I've had a lot of people that were beginners that started with Glocks, and they ended up being really good shooters. Um, and I, I started with a Glock myself. And then um, I just recently picked up a Springfield 1911, uh, 45 ACP. Okay. Uh, that thing's a bit of a hand cannon. <laughs> I'm still used to it. But I've only had it a week, so that was my birthday present to myself that was the uh what the u.s military's sidearm of choice for world war one world war two wasn't it that is correct sir that is definitely correct do you so what about the the gun laws in in california what what do you do you carry a glock 17 with like nine rounds in it you know like what's like what's the deal so the rule is uh i don't carry anything because you have to have a concealed carry permit here okay now for you to get a concealed carry permit you have to go to your local sheriff's department and uh, i forgot the the the, one of the the uppers is gonna have to sign off on your paperwork and the way you get them to sign off is you have to find there is no actual like structure to it you have to have a good cause for you to be able to carry a gun every day it's like if you're like i would say maybe like you carry a lot of money for your kind of job that you do or if you maybe are like um, a security guard or like a private security for somebody then you can probably get them to sign off on it it's kind of bs because they can tell you no if they don't like you you know yeah uh, um so yeah in la county because of crime rate and everything is it's nearly impossible to get a concealed carry here. So they don't. So your own personal protection—that's not that doesn't warrant enough for you to get a concealed carry license. Nope, not in California. They have to decide that it's it's a good idea, not you. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a bummer, man. Um, the the magazine. I know you mentioned the rounds, so you can have a ten round magazine. So you can do a plus one if you you know. If you rack it and put a fresh clip in there, um, but man, you know, no more than that. I think there's a few people that from long time ago that got uh, lar- larger capacity um, magazines grandfathered in before the law came into effect. But even that, that's kind of sh- shaky around here. Everybody's very itchy. Uh, my friends always joke at me from out of state and say that I live in California, you know, uh, that's the ongoing joke. Uh, so yeah, they're not very friendly with gun laws. As a matter of fact, rifle 
restrictions I'm sure you've seen on the news with the assault rifle ban and all that stuff. Uh, that's pretty hard too. So if you have a, like an AR-15 platform gun, if it's got a pistol grip, a forward grip, uh, what they call evil features, there's a little list of them. Evil features? Uh, that's literally what they call it, the evil features. It, then they classify it as an assault rifle. You have to register it with the government. And then once you register the gun, the gun belongs to you for life. And you are unable to pass that gun off to any family member or sell it to anyone. It's done deal. It's yours until you die and it gets destroyed. Wow. Yeah. Evil features. Wow. That's, uh, I had no idea. You really, <laughs> you know, I, I, I live in, I live in Illinois, man. And I thought that the, the gun laws were pretty, were pretty bad here because the deal here is, uh, I carry a Glock 34 and, uh, I carry it with a plus two in the summertime and a plus three in the wintertime. Uh, but I'm, th I'm thinking of getting a Glock 19 because I find that if I need to grab my pistol, in the wintertime, yep. and I have gloves on, even with the plus three on it, I have a hard time getting a, an initial grip on, on my pistol if I need to use it. But, uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's another conversation. But, uh, but here, what they do is they have, uh, you can carry your pistol uh, concealed, if you have your concealed carry license, into certain locations, but if they have... Uh, a gun sign on it you can't you can't carry it in there so okay. everywhere has like this this gun sign on it it seems like as time goes on more and more places have the little the little gun sign with the with the uh with the line through it on it so it's like you can have your concealed carry license but you can't carry it anywhere you know so it's like i carry it out the door i put it in my van and then i you know, I take my wife to Dunkin' Donuts or whatever, and it's like they got the sign right there. Or I'll take him out to breakfast, and I see it right there. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go back to the van. I'll be right back. You know, so I think it's I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, if you're the things that people need to go through to get their concealed carry license, obviously that they're you know there there aren't any kind of I would I would generally say there aren't really any nefarious you know, intentions, you know, considering everything that you have to go through to, to get your license. So I don't understand why generally it's thought that if you set up these gun laws and the people, the general, you know, population of people who follow these laws, follow them, everything's fine. But what about the people who don't follow them? Do you know what I mean? Now you have a demographic demographic of people that can't defend themselves that are that are following the law but now are are turning into victims because of you know criminals who don't follow the law anyways so this is an, another great point man i mean i i have been trying to hit this home to everybody that i can think of so you so with all these gun laws it's exactly like you're saying if if you take the rights away from the law-abiding citizens who are going to carry a pistol and to protect themselves and their family, and then you expect criminals to follow the same code, I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Yeah, That's the whole point of having concealed carry. 
um, is that and that and you know and obviously it's hard for me to put myself in a criminal's mindset because I'm not a criminal but I mean I if I try and I think to myself well if I'm walking down the street and I see this guy and I want him to be my target right now if I'm wondering if he's carrying a pistol on him am I gonna think twice about doing something I would damn straight I would too it's not an easy target you can die in the process of trying to rob this guy who knows what could happen right, right. so so for for them to say that if we put all these gun laws which it's wrong in the first place because you're stripping the Second Amendment from everybody in the first place and I think people forget what this whole Second Amendment thing was all about it wasn't about I think it was about arming the people yeah, I mean, it was all about arming the people so that they can protect themselves against the government. But now it's kind of gotten to the point where the government's telling people, well, you can't protect yourself. Yeah. You know? and that's crazy to me. Yeah, it's crazy to me, too, because I, I think that generally, um, you know, have you ever seen Antifa walk around and they, you know, they'll harass people? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that generally there's a lack of respect that I, I don't want to, I'm not going to put this on, on a, maybe I can, I'll put it on a generation of people like back in the day, I'm, I'm 37 years old. Okay. So when I went to school and, you know, say somebody uh, says something about you, you know, or you say something about somebody else, chances are at lunchtime or at recess, they're going to bring it up to you and you might have to uh, get into, get into a fight there. Okay. And, and that would happen and, you know, maybe somebody would get beat up, you know, and then from that point on that person learned, you know, maybe I shouldn't talk to people that way, you know, because I could do this to somebody else and get beat up again in front of a bunch of chicks. And now the chicks don't want to talk to me because I'm getting beat up by people. Do you know what I mean? And, but what I'm getting at is like, there's a life lesson there from, from making a mistake. Okay. Nowadays, people can get online and and they can say whatever they want to to people, and there is there's no repercussions from it. So there gets to a point where someone is is they're just going to take it too far, you know, and they're going to do something that generally, if they would have hit that release valve earlier on somebody, that wouldn't have happened, you know. So I I, th- I think that it, I think that it comes down to people having a lack of respect from others the for others and then those people not being checked on that lack of respect you know absolutely 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 but you know it's a different time i mean i you're 37 i'm uh i just turned 39 so we're right in around the same age bracket and uh, you know it's funny because i'm sure you heard your parents tell you you know damn your generation well now I'm finding myself say, damn, the gener- generation after me, you know, like less respect, less, you know, it's it's kind of funny. But I mean, it's just everything's just gotten so out of control. And I, I, I I'm sorry if I sound uh, bad or, or whatever in any way, but I just blame it all on freaking social media, man. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, actually, that gets to my point of, you know, kids getting bullied on social media, you know. Because yep. could you imagine, okay, say somebody says something about you on social media and then you beat him up in front of the class and then that gets videoed. That kid is never going to be able to live that down, you know, like ever. 
he'll never be able to live that down because there'll be a video on on his Facebook of him getting beat up, you know. And it probably won't even it probably won't even come up that oh yeah, he actually antagonized this guy in in the first place. It'll just be like, oh, this guy gets attacked by by psycho kid at school. What's going on? It's it's video games, you know. <laughs> right. It's and, and you know, it's and it's funny because it's a very powerful tool cuz you can really make something look and appear the way you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be just by cutting out of the the earlier part where you know this guy was getting pushed around before he beat the crap out of the other guy. It could just be distorted in so many different ways. And uh, I didn't have to deal with that uh, when I was growing up. You know, it was just like you said. If something happened, you know, it happened right there live. And uh, if you got into a fist fight, you got into a fist fight. At the end, everybody walked home. But then again, you know, when I was a kid, kids were outside playing on the street too. Yeah. With full adult supervision. There's not a freaking adult for a mile. Yeah. Nowadays, I see all my neighbors. They're, they're all, you know, if their kids are outside for like more than five minutes, they're like, hey, come inside, come inside. It's too, you know, like it's too dangerous. Yeah. Uh, a different world. Yeah, it is. You know, like I remember you know, at seven years old, I was riding my bike to school and I have a six year old daughter and I couldn't imagine like sending her out even in a year from now, sending her out to just go to school and ride her bike to school, you know? And it's not that, it's not that I don't trust her, you know, but it just seems like who knows, maybe the media just reports it more, you know, with, especially with, with child trafficking, you know, and, and actually brings up a point, you know, it's, you know, the media is, it seems like child trafficking and sex trafficking is, is getting to like an all, like it seems like an all time high, but has it always been that bad? And it's just never been covered. You know, like are, have these child trafficking rings, you know, been around for, you know, 20, 30 years and now it's just, it's just coming to light or, you know, what do you think? Well, that's funny, man. I, I've been wondering the same thing. It's uh, even like when I see all these mass shootings and all these crimes i mean on on the news every day i'm like is the world going nuts right now or has it always been that way but now there's just more access to information and everybody's got their phone now and you know uh it's it's i i don't know man i mean i i just just based on the fact of the way kids behave now and like people in general behave now compared to I say when I was younger, I think people were different back then. There was a little bit more courtesy, like, you know, a kid yelling at, at his parents in the supermarket was just not something I saw before. You're going to get worked over. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it might even happen live <laughs> right there in the store. Yeah. Uh, you know, but now, you know, parents are scared that the kids are going to call the cops and the kids know this. And yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird, it's a weird place. And it's funny because I'm trying to wonder the same thing. And I, I have a two-year-old daughter, she's two, or two and a half. And, you know, I'm trying to think of like when she starts going to school, I'm trying to get myself mentally ready. And just like, I mean, I, I'm a nervous wreck, man, about everything. It's just like you said. I could never, I, I walked like almost two and a half miles to school in junior high and, you know, high school, I took the, the city bus, you know, to school. Um, and I couldn't picture and put my daughter on a city bus now to go to school, man. Yeah. Like, 
it's it's a different world i think it is a different world yeah it's certainly it certainly seems so you know and it's i'm probably because it's just so well documented now you know like there's you know there's child trafficking and then say there's uh you know, we get into politics and, you know, it's like everybody has skeletons in their closet and, and then people say, oh yeah, you know, it wasn't like that back in the day. We know we had great, great leaders back in the day, you know? And it's like, I don't know. You know, I think that, I don't, I don't think you get to the top without having, you know, some kind of skeletons in your closet or doing some kind of dirt, you know? So I guess maybe you can just, um, um, they were better at hiding it. <laughs> yeah, b- b- well, probably because there wasn't cameras everywhere. You know, like now there's cameras everywhere you turn. Everybody's got a camera on their phone. You know, everywhere you go, there's cameras. There's more, more accountability. You know, you know, back in the day, it's like, okay, I'm gonna write this guy a letter, and then yeah. I'm gonna wait for him to respond. You know what I mean? And it's just not like that anymore. And I don't like to say that that um that things are getting worse. I'd like to say things have kind of always been this way, but that they're, it's more well documented now. Well, I hope you're right. <laughs> I hope I'm right too. It's probably me just being, being an optimist. No, you know, and it's better to be glass half full, you know, and if you're right, man, I'm happy about that. I just, uh, you know, I don't know if it's me getting jaded as I get older or what it is, but man, I'm just more fearful all the time about stuff. Um, just because of how much crap I see, you know? Yeah. And maybe when I was younger, you know, you're 20 years old, you don't care about that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I get older and you become a parent and you're like, oh crap, you know, what if, what if, what if that happens to me, you know, or my daughter or whatever it may be. Yeah. I always like to uh, plan, uh, prepare. I like to prepare for the worst and, and, and hope for the best in, in, in kind yeah. of a way because, you know, I always tell my wife, I'm like, hey, why don't you, um, you know, just just take a little preparation for this. You know, like, oh, you know, what are the chances of, you know, a, a certain situation happening? And it's like, OK, right. there's probably a, a slim chance of it happening, but I'm sure it has happened to somebody, you know. And if that person, when that thing does happen to you, it's a 100 percent chance, you know, and I'd rather be you know, safe than sorry. Do you think, you know, looking at looking at things nowadays, you know, like things have, have changed uh, dramatically, say over the past 30 years. Um, and, and how they've changed is that, you know, going into politics is that, you know, we we have people, you know, you have a certain candidate that runs. Okay. And, you know, they, they, they get put onto a, onto a kind of like a pedestal in a way. And we've always looked at these people to be, they're supposed to be like a shining example of, of goodness and, and of virtue in a way. And it seems like nowadays that that's not necessary. We, we, we want that, but the people that we have that are running, aren't those people yet we we still have to choose from like this this group of individuals that maybe nobody really likes. Do you think that's becoming a problem? Uh yeah. So so that's a good point because <laughs> I was having a discussion with this because uh, you know they're everybody's running right now. They're they're starting. Five hundred to- people are <laughs> running for president. <laughs> it's gotten more ridiculous over time as as it goes. So like. Uh, you got all these candidates 
And I think back in the day, um, the way somebody, I felt like, so to me, a politician is somebody who has the skill to appear everything that you want to be. They tell you everything that you want to hear. And they, they obviously probably have their own little agenda like all politicians do. Uh, but they have a certain kind of set of standards that they kind of have in appearance and behavior and the way they're supposed to act. And, and I think that's going away, man. Like and now, I mean, I'm not surprised if, uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we did have, you know, Trump as the president now. Um, who was only you know, in America? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Uh, what well, I had Arnold Schwarzenegger as the governor for a while. That's awesome, and, though. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, I, it's kind of like any anything goes now. You know, um, and you try to figure out which of the lesser evils is the better one. Yeah. You know, like even like Nixon, right? Nixon. Some people hated him. Some people loved him, but. He truly had that like that politician thing. Even Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton came in at an era where America was doing very well, and he got a lot of credit for that. Um, and a lot of people like him because they they say that America was at its best financially, and economy was the best at that time, and so on and so forth. Uh, but you know. As far as what we're getting now, as far as candidates, it's 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 almost like a circus show, man. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just like nobody really cares about their external appearance. Nobody's ca cautious in saying things that might tweak someone's ear a little bit in the wrong way. Before it seemed like they were trying to please everybody, yeah, as best and the mass majority. Now people just like, hey, you know, come on and join over me on this crazy train and. Here's what I think. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it seems for some reason that, especially with the way things are going, that there's like an extreme right and there's like an extreme left. And, yep. and with that, it's like you're either one or the other, you know, and, and, yep. and you, you have these people that are like, oh, if you, you know, if you're speaking to like a, a conservative and, you know, maybe you don't agree with something on like the second amendment. Do you know what I mean? They're like, Oh, you're not, you're not pro two a it's like, actually I am, but you know, I just have a, a difference of opinion on what is acceptable for people to be carrying around. Like say, like just for instance, say someone is like, I believe in the second amendment, but I don't think somebody should be able to walk down the street with an AR 15 over their shoulder. And they're like, well, you're not pro, you're not pro second amendment. It's like, no, that's not true. I believe you, you can be, you can, you can carry, uh, carry a pistol on you, but I don't think you know people should be walking down the street with with an AR-15 over their shoulder. And it's not about what you need that AR-15 for. It's just like what do you need to be walking down the street with it for? Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, what are we in Somalia? <laughs> it's you know I I saw this thing recently where this guy in in Texas. It was right after the shooting too. Uh, and man, my heart goes out to all the, the victims and, you know, it's just, I don't know what the hell's going on right now with all these crazy people running around shooting people. Uh, I don't know if they're all on a, on a forum or what, what's going on. But anyways, there's this guy in Texas who was walking around with an AR 15 on his back, you know, and he was you know, preaching around like, Hey man, I can carry this. And, you know, you guys can't tell me what to do. And the cops come and. You know, they're kind of like not sure what to do because yeah. it's kind of 
technicality, you know. But I, it goes back to what I said. I mean, what are we in Somalia? We're supposed to be civilized people. Right. We don't need a freaking AR-15. If you really want to defend yourself, go get a license. Go get a pistol. Go get some training. Yeah. Go buy some ammunition. Waste it downrange. You know, and it's to protect yourself or your family in case something goes wrong. If you have any other kind of agenda behind owning a pistol, uh, then you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. That's I mean, it's it's pretty. I, mean, I would think that it would be pretty disconcerting, especially like if I saw that, I'd be like, "What the hell is this guy doing over here?" You know, I couldn't. I couldn't. And I'm 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 very comfortable with 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 weapons. You know, and right. I couldn't imagine somebody that isn't comfortable with it you know and and that and these these types of examples are what make this the argument about the second amendment you know so much worse than what it needs to be do you know what i mean they're like oh look at this guy this one guy this one example you know this one guy they're like oh okay yeah we should we should completely ban the second amendment you know aside from the other people that are caring you don't even know that they're caring do you know what i mean and and it's you know it's like there's no it's like there's it's like impossible to have middle ground, you know. Like I tell people, I'm not a I'm not a, a liberal, you know, and I'm not a, I'm not a conservative. You can consider me a, a liberal Republican or a conservative Democrat, you know. I like right. to I like to consider myself a a centrist in a way because I mean there are things that I like from both sides. But then you mention that and people are like you can't have it both ways and it's like why the hell can't I? It's America, you know. <laughs> Well, and that's why when people ask me that question, like, hey, so where, where do you stand? And I, I'm going to advise you all who are listening to the podcast, uh, that golden rule, you know, unless you really, you know, you have somebody friendly in front of you. It's never a good <laughs> idea to talk about the picks. Yeah. Really doesn't go anywhere. But Religion, too. Uh, religion, too. Absolutely. Uh, That'll probably but, go even further than politics, man. You'll get people uh, ready to go to blows over that. Oh, even especially in other countries too, man. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, but you know, just like you, um, I'm, I see policies in both ends that are pretty good, you know, and can be beneficial. It's just they have to be in certain situations, you know, and, and looked at a certain way. And uh, so when people ask me the question, I tell them, you know what? I'm neither. That's pretty much my answer. I'm not a Republican, not a Democrat, because just like you said, if I label myself as one or the other, then that means that I have to basically like and follow everything that particular group is going to go by. And, you know, I mean, truthfully, it's just like you said, I'm good with a pistol for concealed carry, but yeah. don't be an AR-15 down the street, guys. Yeah. And, and, it's, and, I'm not, and it's like on top of that, it's like I'm not saying that you can't own one. I'm saying that you can't just walk down the street with one. Could you imagine being a cop? You you come onto the scene and you you have two people in an argument and one guy's got an AR-15. Immediately, I'm going to be like, oh, God, you know, what's going on here? Yeah. What's this guy thinking? Like because who knows right. what it could be? He, I mean, being a cop, you don't know what's going on. I mean, you don't know that this guy is just trying to, you know, just trying to blow smoke, you know, uh, especially right. with, with with what's going on in, in, in uh, today's day and age you guy could be this could be like the the pretext of a of a mass shooting do you know what i mean absolutely i'd hate to be a, a like a cop in that kind of situation and you know i'm glad you you know you brought something else up that i, I like to bring up um so i and i'm actually going to be uh, applying to the sheriff's department next year sweet 
we'll see what happens. I'm kind of old, so we'll see if we if uh, I can still get in. But um, so cops are cops are a lot less popular now. I mean, I don't know about in your side of the country, but right now where I'm at, there is ads for LAPD. LA Sheriff's Department over Facebook everywhere they're trying to hire like crazy because nobody wants to be a cop and I think that's really freaking sad that uh, I mean we're not even respecting our law enforcement people uh, like we should um, they're they're getting a lot of flack nowadays especially in California um, so that's you know like when I was a kid if you wanted to be a cop you, you had to be good you know like you had to really try and there wasn't a whole lot of openings it was like it's like being a firefighter you know you had to fight your way to get into it yeah on now it's like come one come all we, we need you yeah whoever you come you know like they're they're advertising everywhere and um you know it's just like you say like there's been like so many things and about them you know shooting unarmed citizens and things like that um but if you put yourself in these people's shoes, they are risking their lives every day. And if you walk up to a car and you have no idea what that person has in the car, what they're doing, you could be doing a random traffic stop and who knows what can happen. And I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen plenty of videos of it. I've seen it on the news. Poor pe poor cops, you know, dying on the street. Still very traffic violation, you know? Yeah, it's brutal, man. And, you know, I always, I always say that you know, like, no matter how you feel about cops, there's there's something that everybody needs to understand is that as a society, we've we've given the police officers certain power over over our society, and what they're supposed to do is provide law and order, so that the the rest of us don't run around like freaking animals, and that's their job is to provide law and order and us as citizens, we're supposed to give them that, that respect. So when you see a police officer, you're like, oh, okay, this guy's here. He wants to talk to me about freaking something. I'm going to comply with what he says, and then I'm going to take off. You know, how often is it that when a cop comes up to you and he's like, hey, uh, can I talk to you for a second? You're like, yeah, sure. Oh, what's this? Oh, this is this. Okay, go about your day. Right. Then someone else who is like, hey, can I come talk to you for a second? They're like, I know my rights. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's like, hold on, dude. Let's not, yeah, I, 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 let's not, because I suspect, you know, something's going on here. What do you have in your pocket? You know, you don't have, you don't, you don't, you, you need a warrant to come and search and, and, and seizure me. Do you know what I mean? Then, then it turns into, and then it never ends well. And it happens every single time. And I always tell people, like, just comply with what they want. Show them, like, hey, I'm not a threat to you. I'm not a threat to society. And I'm, I guarantee you they'll let you go. Do you know what I mean? They've got more important things to worry about. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and it's even me, like, I, um, even when I get pulled over. So the one thing, you, you know, people shouldn't ever do is, is be disrespectful to a cop first off. Because if it's, it's just like a chef or a cook or anybody else messing with your food, yeah. panic messing with your car. If you want something, a good result out of it, just try to be nice. 
you know, the guy's just doing his job. Maybe, may, and you know, we're all people. Maybe there's one out there who's going to be a dick. But Yeah. You know, oh, I'm not saying that he, there aren't any, you know, bad cops out there. You know, obviously there are. With any profession that you go to, there's going to be somebody that doesn't meet the, the standard, you know. But it's, it's not the normal. It's not the, that's the exception to the rule. It's what we call in the military the, you know, the 3%. Those blue falcons. <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's one in uh every uh crowd yeah so, but but these guys are just trying to come home to their family guys you know like i always even the simple stuff i get i get stopped by a cop i i know that guy is armed with a gun and i know that he he's already wondering what's going to happen when he pulls me over so first thing i do I put my hands on the steering wheel, both of Me them, too. where he can see it, right? Then, you know, when he comes near to the window where he can see my hands, I roll the window down after he can see my, my hands, right? And then I talk to him. And then I keep my hands still on the steering wheel. And then if I'm going to put my hand in my pocket to pull out my driver's license, I ask him permission first. Uh, and this kind of like, hey, may I okay, watch me because I'm about to reach in my pocket to get my wallet kind of attitude in this stuff has gotten me off so many tickets, guys. The guy's usually cool. Uh, they, they, you know, they're just doing their job. So that's that's the way I look at it. I do the same exact thing. Like I usually I usually have, I usually roll my window down before they, when, they, when I hear them getting out of the, the vehicle, I'll roll my window down. I'll, I'll I'll put my license and my registration and my insurance in my hand, and I'll put my hand yep. on the steering wheel. The guy walks yep. up. I'm like, I got it for you right here, and I'm like, and then he, usually he goes back. Then he comes back. He runs everything. Comes back. He's like, Do you know why I pulled you over? I'm like, I have no idea. And he's like, Your rear right tail light is out. I'm like, Yeah, see, <laughs> you know that's something that you don't unless you do like a. Uh, was it a, a PMCS uh, every every time you start your vehicle you know I, which I which I don't do you know I'm like oh okay cool thanks for letting me know and he's like yeah and you were going a little fast I'm like oh okay I probably right. was you know I'm sorry and he's like all right well just don't do it next time and that's like like 95 percent of the time do you know what I mean yep. so yep. but I'm sure if I was like um I don't have to give you my license because I know my rights. You know what I mean, and and you don't have to see it, you know, or 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 something. Because they have those. Have you seen those YouTube videos of, of people doing that, like people who say that they know their rights and then they they oh, don't yeah. comply with the police officers? Oh, absolutely! Give them a whole hard time, make them wait for an hour, ask them for which penal code is it, <laughs> stuff. I'm like, you don't even know what the penal code yeah. is. What you, like, yeah. It could have been a five-minute conversation. You just yeah. grounded it like a whole thing. I look at the cop, and sometimes they make the cop look dumb. But um, I feel bad for the cop. I don't feel bad for the assholes trying to give him a hard time. You know? Yeah, but they're there for like an hour after doing all this, too. And you could just yeah. get right up on your way. And then there's another cop that comes to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's not Cobra coming for you, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's just a shit show. <laughs> but, you know, those are just people trying to be smart asses, man. They need to get a life. They got nothing better to do. Obviously, they're not at work at the time. <laughs> where they should be. Well, cool, man. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking some time out to come out and have a conversation. Why don't you give, um, give everybody where they could find you on social media and your YouTube channel? Yeah, absolutely, man. 
again, thanks for inviting me. I had a great time. Uh, I love the podcast. I'm a listener. No, he did not pay me to say that. <laughs> uh, my name is Alex, and you can find me on Instagram under Alex underscore Knifebox. And uh, that's just my knife collection, Instagram. Uh, you're welcome to message me there if there's any interest in that. And then you can find me on YouTube under Alex Alex's Knifebox with the apostrophe. Um, and there... Um, you, we could talk about knives. <laughs> yeah. yeah, guys, check out his YouTube channel because they're very concise uh, reviews. And and uh, if, if you're looking to buy a knife, I would definitely uh, check out his page because uh, I've checked out a few videos. And he normally goes into uh, incredible detail on the knives and, and what to take into consideration. But uh, what's... Oh, and one more thing I forgot to mention. I have a podcast, too. Oh, okay. I was throwing that out there. Uh, podcast is uh, Sharp Talk, and uh, it's between me and three other uh, YouTube channels, uh, reviewers. And you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and Podbean. And I think we're on YouTube, too, actually, under the Sharp Talk. So check us out there, too. Cool. All right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks, guys, for listening. Uh, I appreciate everybody who, who tunes, tunes into the uh, podcast and, and listens and, and, and recently watching the uh, YouTube page. I'm very appreciative. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. This is Alex and Pri out. Mm-hmm.